choking too Sipping and roasting is what we do Light them up, drink them down Whiskey and cigars all around Cheers, y'all Well, well Well, well That sounds like a party about to start Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast it is And video extravaganza known internationally Hi, Mom. As the world-famous smoking and toasting <laughs> I'm using my pin like a conductor. Like yeah, I saw today. that I like I that, it. yeah uh, Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen It is program number 344 And today, we are doing our 2023 Oktoberfest blind taste test. I think that's a good way to mark halfway to 400. I think it is. Oktoberfest taste test. And of course, you know what happens in September. Well, you know what happens when July comes. Oktoberfest come out. Yes. And I was hoping I could still find them now in September. True. Yeah. And fortunately, I was able to find enough to, to put together a little tasting. We'll be doing a dozen different Oktoberfest today and uh, blind taste test, so we won't be. Uh, you know, we won't be uh, prejudiced going into them. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what we like. And we brought a whiskey. Yes, to, as a palate cleanser. Yeah, <laughs> because you can only Oktoberfest for so long, right? <laughs> uh, so, what you brought a whiskey from your collection? What did you bring us? This I week? did. I got the uh, Colonel E. H. Taylor's Small Batch. Oh, nice. Here, which is simultaneously forty three dollars and two hundred and forty dollars. Let me guess which one you paid. <laughs> well, I actually <laughs> found this at the uh, store. I was there at the right time. Yeah, and I saw was a guy a little- with. Out of the way store? Uh, no, it was, it was Specs actually. Wow! And uh, really I was the right I was time. there at the right time, right place. The guy next to me was holding a bottle of it, and I looked over at the employee. I said, "Do you have any more of those?" And he kind of gave me the "I don't know you, but I have to say yes" look. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was going to be taking said, one of those home I myself. I will take one, please. <laughs> yeah, you got to wonder with the things that are allocated like that and that get so expensive on the secondary market. You know how many of them are bought by employees at the stores when they arrive. Because I know if I were an employee, I, I'd be I, the first one off the shelf would be mine, you know? You buy one, right? Yeah. Put one back at the end sure. for the end of the yeah. day. I don't chase anything on the secondary market. I just, I've never been that guy where I'm going to, like, stand in line for long times to get the one thing. Yeah. Like, I'm just just not that guy. And, um, and it was, so I was super lucky, and I'm super thankful that I got there at the right time and happened to see it. Uh, and I'm going to drink it. Well, I've always. I'm believed. actually going to share it with you. Wow, and I'm excited about that. I may have, fact that I may have cleared the top of the bottle. I had a bit. feeling. You know, uh, we both have that. <laughs> I may have cleared the top half of the, the bottle. Top half, <laughs> yeah. We both have tendencies. I understand. Extra safe. Yeah, but <laughs> I've always, purposes. I've always lived by this motto: if I'm going to wait in a line for longer than ten minutes. There damn well better be a roller coaster at the end. <laughs> if not, I ain't waiting. I just don't. You know, I have left full carts of groceries in the store before because I got to the checkout and I'm like, I'm not doing this. I'm just not doing it. Yeah, yeah. My pizzas will be melted. Everything we have. no, no. This is no good. So fortunately. Uh, most stores are, are a little better about that these days. But anyway, welcome to the show and welcome to uh, show number 344. As Ian said, he's done the math and we are halfway to 400. Welcome to October Festapalooza. Yes. Oh, by the way, before we go any further, let me just say a huge special thanks 
to last week's guest. I, I had so much fun on last week's that show. That was a great was show. One of the most fun shows I think we've ever done. We were on location at Vinyl Draft Social Club. Uh, the owner, uh, Doug Mes- uh, Meisinger, was Meisinger? there. I said it right, yeah. Uh, and Trenton Smith from Oliva Cigars was there. And so we smoked Oliva Cigars and we drank whiskey. And once, like, Doug, the owner kind of like relaxed into the show. He uh-huh. went back and started pulling out even more whiskey. Oh, and it, man, it, was, yeah. it was a lot of fun. So we tried a uh, <clears throat> we tried a single malt scotch that I brought. We tried a, a Heaven's Door barrel pick yes. that Doug had there at Vinyl Draft Social Club. And then when you know the, the we were Heaven's having so much Door. fun, he went back and got the expensive yes. Heaven's Door bottle that he had that was five hundred dollars. So, yes. And you got to enjoy the cigars while on the show. Yes. It was, yeah, and we love doing that. We want to do that more often. And Trenton's so awesome. Like that group of that group there, it was so fun. Like everyone just had such a good time, like hanging out and talking, even Telling afterwards. Stories. Yeah. Like, you know, like it was, yeah, it was I a know. great time. We stayed for a long time. <laughs> it, was, it was fun. It was it was great fun. So uh so today the Oktoberfest blind taste test, uh the Colonel E. H. Taylor small batch bottled in bond whiskey that Ian brought. I, I believe it's 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 called a visually <laughs> impaired taste test yeah uh, that's good i I don't i don't know whether i'm being more pc or less yeah i don't know but i I get where you're going with it though i understand uh plus we will be bringing you of course the most popular segment on the program it's something we like to call drinking news and i have a drinking news teaser headline for you if you please our drinking news teaser headline clogging it's more than just a stupid dance in wooden shoes are we finally getting a texas story we might be (laughs) <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I'm not going to give it away. Uh, we'll also tell you about some cigars to watch for. There's some really amazing things uh, coming out right now. And bad news for lovers of Cuban cigars. Her- Hurricane Adalia delivered a heavy blow mm. to Cuban tobacco growers. So we'll tell you a little bit about that. And while it's still summer, maybe we'll get to Cigar Aficionado's 13 long cigars for long summer days. Because oh. you know, once you once you start drinking Oktoberfest... The summer days are waning. So <laughs> that's but true. I will say though, September here in Texas, it's still summer. It hasn't Dude, even it hasn't even no, thought about becoming fall. No, yet. no, wait a second. Today I was thinking about pulling out my hoodie when I looked at the thing and said it wasn't supposed to get above, say, ninety four. Well, 90, there you go. Yeah, yeah. And we actually three degrees. We actually even had a little rain today, which I was, know, which was amazing. So don't worry, right. it's supposed to be a hundred tomorrow again. Uh, good, good to know. <laughs> I would hate to be disappointed. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, so I have poured us a mystery beverage. Uh, for us to sample here in this first one, and let's see uh, what you think of this. You, it smells stout. Does smell kind of stout, doesn't it? It smells. <clears> stout. It looks stout. Mm-hmm. It smells. This is coffee and stout. Coffee, coffee and yeah, for sure, definitely coffee. Yeah. All right. So taste it and tell me what you think. Oh, mm, that's a coffee porter. It's not as heavy as a stout. Would you be surprised if I told you it was a stout? I would be a little surprised, mm-hmm. but it definitely tells. It definitely tastes like uh, it's heavy on the coffee. Well, if you think about like Guinness, doesn't really. I mean, it's a stout, but it re- doesn't really drink like a stout. It drinks more like a porter. Mm, Guinness has a little more mouthfeel. This is a little bit lighter mouthfeel. I would, I would, I would have called this a porter right off the bat. It does have that really roasted kind of <clears throat> coffee feel in For the back. For sure, though. very, very much roasted. Yeah. So the more I drink of it, the more I think, okay, stout, and it's a little dry on the uh, backside of it too. It is a thinner stout though, but it doesn't have a big mouthfeel, so that's why the porter uh, jumped into my head first. It's a little bit thinner. Well, a lot of the stouts that we do on this show are the imperial stouts, and so that's a that's a different mouthfeel altogether that's uh this is good though 
It tastes nice. Was it? Does it remind you of anything? Does it remind me of anything? Yeah. Like uh, of any other beers that you've had? Coffee beer. <laughs> um, so <laughs> the, the coffee stout of some sort. Well, I will unveil it for you. Mm. When I first had this, I thought, wow, this is this particular brewery's take on Guinness. That's what it made me think of. Oh, that's what you're going because for. Because of the mouthfeel. It, and, and, uh, I didn't get that on the mouthfeel Although it's a little so more roasty, I think, than Guinness. It's got I, see that it. I see the Guinness in there when mm -hmm. I, yeah. I, I kind of see where you're going for because it's got that roasty uh, finish on it. But It's thinner. It's um, much thinner. Well, allow me to present to you St. Arnold Brewery right here in Houston, Texas. Oh. This is their Irish Hello. Irish Hello. An easy drinking dry stout. Is how they. It uh, definitely has that dryness on the yeah. eye. And I love the name, by the and way. I guess Irish because Hello. of the thinner mouth. Oh, it's friendly and roast, roasty. Yeah. Um, very nice. Mm-hmm. Saint Arnold. I actually really like it. Yeah. 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 It's it's very easy to drink. Which that's that's how Guinness has always struck me. Guinness is a stout, but it is so easy to drink. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I thought maybe we this was Guinness races at some point. <laughs> That'd be fun. <laughs> the, uh, you know what we really need to do is we need to do a show from a bar where the bartenders know the perfect pour, because that's uh, a thing with Guinness. That's a tough one. You're Ooh. gonna have to go to uh, Keneally's, um, or um, they do it at Keneally's. I've, I've been McElroy's. there a number of times. Yeah, or Vegas. Well, that, that too. <laughs> I'm just any excuse I can find to go. To Actually, Vegas. I mean, like here, here's the thing: um, if you really want to do it right, let's just go to Ireland. There you mm. go. Mm. I bet we could get a pretty decent Guinness pour there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, speaking of going to Vegas, <clears throat> one of my uh, wife's dear friends is about to move from here uh, across the next year at some point, but she's going to be moving to Lake Charles. And my wife's like, "I'm going to miss her so much." I go, "No, you're not." We'll go to Lake Charles. I'll drop you off at your friend's place, and you can join me later at the Golden Nugget. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be I'll be sitting at the bar. There's this one bar at the Golden Nugget where I love the video blackjack machine, and they keep bringing me beers, and I can smoke a cigar, and I sit there and have the greatest time doing what I call. I mean, that to me sounds like Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Well, and actually, I call it, I call it another holiday. I call it taking Tillman's money. That's what I, that's, that's what I Tillman Fertitta, yeah. who you might have heard of, is the owner of the. Golden Nugget in uh, in uh, Lake Charles, Louisiana, uh, and I've taken a little bit of his money. Occasionally, he takes from me, but <laughs> and that's I, all he owns. Yeah, that's a given one place. Yeah, 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 yeah that's right. It. Just the that's, one place. Yeah, that's he doesn't it. own anything else. No basketball teams. Nothing. No, nothing. Yeah. Not every restaurant in Houston. Uh, well, he, he doesn't notice that mm -hmm. missing money. Well, I enjoyed it. No, he doesn't. Not at all. Uh, and but I tell you what, I notice is that every slot machine has a little thing advertising his book. <laughs> and that's kind of annoying after a while. That's hilarious. That's it's true, though. At least the last time wow. I was there, it was. Yeah. Every <laughs> slot machine. It just says, a little hanger thing advertising Tillman's book. It just book. says well, it's good to be king. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly right. It's good to be the king. Uh, but I do enjoy the Irish hello. And it's I good. don't think, mm -hmm. to the best of my knowledge, this is the only stout I remember St. Arnold ever making, at least in a, uh, you know, in, in a can mass-produced for... Uh, for consumption at stores. Mm, and stuff. No, they make the uh, winter stout. Every oh, year. that's true. That it, they that's make the winter season. stout every year. You're right. You're uh, right. And then, and then the other stouts in general are the um, are the uh, uh, seasonal, like they not seasonal, mm -hmm. but uh, um, kind of outliers that they right. do once in a while. But 
But yeah, they make the winter stout. I think they still make it every year. It's a good beer. Yeah, it is. And we'll look forward to having that again once it comes out. This doesn't season. say anything about having coffee oh, yeah. in there, but today's, it really tastes very coffee. Today's September 9th, so their winter stout should be out probably next week. Two, two, two or three weeks. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, <laughs> uh, no, but this is this is good, especially if you like coffee, uh, coffee stouts or porters. Yeah. You'll uh, you'll really dig this. I don't know if this is a seasonal or it not. It doesn't say brewed with coffee or anything like that, but man, it is coffee roasty. Yeah, it's coffee bean. It's that coffee bean roasty flavor, mm-hmm. and it is it is really quite good. Well, Ian, I don't know if, if we have time in this uh, segment to get to uh, your cigar reviews. Maybe you can uh, give me a preview of what you'll be talking to us about. Uh, All right, uh, time. Yeah, I got this. All right. So my cigar today over at Casa de Monte Cristo was La Aroma de Cuba. Uh, I had the. Um, I didn't write down what it was. Well, they have, ah, oh, it's the Connecticut. <laughs> okay, I think the Connecticut is new. It just yeah, it just yeah. came out. The Connecticut. Uh, this was the Robusto five and a quarter by fifty four with an Ecuadorian uh, grown Connecticut seed wrapper, uh, Nicaraguan binder, Nicaraguan filler. The appearance on his cappuccino in color uh, uh, for the wrapper: small veins, smooth and oily, firm overall feel, classic La aroma band plus silk footer on it. The prelate sniff on this barnyard classic tobacco, earth, <clears throat> hints of coffee and leather. The prelate draw clip. Uh, I used. Uh, I'm sorry, I gotta put clip. I used a punch. It had a light draw. Uh, sweet, creamy coffee and earth. The initial light. Nicaraguan pepper blast. Really on a Connecticut uh, uh, Nicaraguan filler and binder. Yeah. yeah. Funny, so yeah. like uh, it was, but it, and and it came in big, and then it immediately died off big earthy spicy smoke toasty coffee retro hills pepper and wood the first third big toasty and nutty flavors so changed almost immediately take over spicy earth notes fo- to uh to follow with underlying campfire and coffee notes retro hills spicy and woody with toast solid ash good burn uh, second third of this sweet tea leaf and spices with wood and leather background retro hail is sweet cedar and toast with uh pepper solid ash good burn last third of this tea leaf and coffee wooden leather toast and campfire medium strength overall retro hail is sweet cedar and toast with pepper solid ash good burn this thing cost me six dollars and 75 cents it gets a seven it was awesome wow and it sounds like really complex for a connecticut it is. cigar it, it was really it, good it's the combination of the connecticut wrapper and all of that nicaraguan yeah. binder and filler i guess it's but, a little big a little mm. big at the very beginning of this mm-hmm. okay and then it settles down into like almost a a big side of mild light side of medium and then kind of builds back up to a medium it is fantastic i love all the flavors in it and out of uh, uh five being you get exactly what you pay for you get a seven at six dollars and 75 cents this rating. is up there with all those ages i gotta and try else. it i love all of their uh, other blends so fantastic yeah. i'll be i'll be trying it soon all right it's smoking and toasting number 344 we're gonna do a uh, blind taste test of oktoberfest beers today we'll be getting to that plus i'll tell you about my cigar this week which was very interesting uh coming up it's smoking and toasting Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And you got to love anything with horns. My wife and I were talking about this yesterday. It's like anytime there's horns on the track, uh, your interest <laughs> goes up just a little bit more. Right? Extra I, I, interest. For me, at least. I don't know. It's some, something about horns. You're just like, okay, they, they went all out. Clarence you know Clemens I mean? agrees. Yeah. <laughs> God rest his soul. That's right. Uh, so, uh, Ian, I had a very interesting cigar this week I wanted to tell you about. You know that, um, you know, I am 
a self-professed AJ Fernandez fanboy. Yes. So when uh, anything comes out new by him, I have to I have to try it. And one of the things that you discover when you're buying cigars online is that most online shops, as well as a few brick and mortar accounts, uh, will have special in-house brands right. that are created for them by. Master cigar blenders mm-hmm. who don't necessarily work for them, but they do it as a thing. Uh, think of it as the cigar equivalent of a barrel pick of whiskey. Right, right. right. It's it's similar to that, except that the barrel pick is usually gone once the barrel's yeah, empty. Yeah, and it, it can vary to be uh, like its own unique blend, or mm-hmm. sometimes it's a unique size within a blend. Or right, something exactly. Like that. Yeah, yeah, there'll be something about, and it, you know, uh, the custom cigar blends will generally continue as long as it makes sense, whereas the barrel. Is empty and then they Correct. have to do a barrel pick of something else. Uh, but most of these house brands are actually quite good, and some are even outstanding. Uh, you may remember us raving about the Nica Libre by Oliva oh, yeah. that's available only through Cigars International. That one's so good that it surprises me Oliva didn't keep it for their core line. <laughs> right? You know, it really is. And, of course, my personal favorite blender, A.J. Fernandez, actually got his start blending cigars for online and retail shops only. That was how he first kind of made his name in the business. He, well, that's where I think blends like, what, Man of War yep, and, yep. Um, and uh, Nico Libre. And, Nico Libre and, and some of the others. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Were AJ, the original Nico Libre is his blend. Yeah. And uh, he did things for all kinds of different mm-hmm. online stores. And anyway, he uh, eventually, uh, you know, launched his own successful cigar company. Boy, uh, did he. But he is back with a new blend, and this one is an, exclu- an exclusive for JR Cigar. Oh. Uh, it is called the Samurai. And this week I smoked the Toro size. And I was expecting the pre-light to be earthy. Uh, but uh, I'll tell you about that in a second. First, I just mentioned it was a really good-looking cigar. It was box-pressed, had very few veins. Thank you, sir. And was uh, had a really attractive wrapper. Sa- Samurai uses Criollo and Pilato Cubano long-filler tobaccos That's from Nicaragua. That's easy for you to say. Uh, covered by a Criollo binder and an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper. So based on all that, I was expecting the pre-light to be very earthy. Oh. But it really was more about hay, barnyard, wet grass, that sort of... Uh, more vegetal uh, uh, aromas. The draw was nice and easy, and I picked up on a tea leaf note as well as the grassland aromas on the pre-light draw. So I lit the samurai up, wondering if I would get a Nicaraguan pepper blast and, or even a Nicaraguan pepper flourish, which I thought might be more appropriate for flourish, a samurai. Even. Yeah, you know, a samurai sword. Oh, yes. Right. Uh, but I got neither one. The opening notes of the samurai were more traditional matured tobacco notes. And in fact, it actually reminded me of the way a good Cuban cigar smokes when it's first lit. Mm. A little bit hard to describe, but very, very good and very sort of like aged very tobacco. Earthy kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the earthy note I ex- had expected on the pre-light was definitely there in the first third. And uh, about a half inch in, here came the pepper. White pepper in this case, not overpowering, but uh, much more noticeable than in the first few puffs. Second third introduced notes of cinnamon, baking spice, and some leather. Strength seemed to pick up a little bit from the first third, going from medium to medium full. And then the final third brought out a kind of a caramel sweetness that was most delectable that on the finish. Good. Although, full disclosure, I was drinking a glass of one of my favorite teas, a salted caramel tea. So that could have that could <laughs> have, have impacted yeah. it, I suppose. But either way, the cigar and the iced tea worked extremely well together, so I'll take it. Construction, by the way, was damn near perfect. A 10-cigar box of these on JR is about $79, making the Samurai roughly an $8 cigar and damn well worth it. It's hard to go wrong with AJ, folks. I do recommend the Samurai. Price to quality, I'll give it a 5.5. Nice. Just because it doesn't necessarily outshine his other cigars at that price range, but it definitely deserves to but be. But it's real good. So, All right. It is time to begin tasting 
Oktoberfest, blind tasting, and we will get to that next. It's Smoking Toasting. Welcome back at Smoking and Toasting, our show all about uh, craft beer, fine spirits, oh, yeah. and hand-rolled cigars. A lot of craft beer on today's show because we'll be doing the Oktoberfest blind taste test. And so while uh, – now, Terry is pouring the Oktoberfest beers into cups. We don't know what they are. We're uh, we're making sure he keeps them concealed, and they just come to us in these clear cups like he's passing us now. And in three segments on the program today, we'll be doing four Oktoberfests each. We'll taste them, we'll talk about them, and then at the end of that segment, we will rank them based on what we what which we like, like yeah, the best. In order. And then after we rank them, Terry will tell us what they were. And then uh, we'll do that for three different segments. At the end of the show, we'll take all of our information and we will pick, what, now we'll know the names, but we'll pick what our three favorites were out of the whole batch of 12. That sounds like an idea so, to me. Yeah, so that's the way it'll work. And we're up uh, now with our very first Oktoberfest. Which uh, will be known as A. Yes, that's right. A. We're gonna, these are going to be uh, letter designations, and then we'll rank them one, two, three, and four. So this is Oktoberfest A, and uh, hmm. Well, I like it. It's beer. Um, I like beer. Yeah. Um, it doesn't strike me as being... As full flavored as some Oktoberfests I've had. But it has but a chocolatey weird. note to it. Yeah, that I'm not used to really with Oktoberfest. Yeah, that's a strange thing to have in an Oktoberfest. It's mm. not just me, is it? I can no. just pull some chocolate it's out of my mustache or something. Chocolate, and then there's like a little bit of lemon. There's yeah. a bitter on the mm -hmm. end. Maybe that's what I'm thinking, but. Mm. Almost an astringent bitter, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't dislike it. But I would say, based on my memory of other Oktoberfests I've had, I don't know that I like it better than some of what I would already think of as my favorites. Mm. I, what do you think? I need something to compare it to. Well, I think to be we honest, can, like, I think we can do that. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's nice. It's drinkable. The, the chocolate threw me off a little bit. The color is mm -hmm. real pretty. It looks very Oktoberfesty. Yes, it does. This one that you're bringing up now looks a little light on the Oktoberfest side. Yeah, I've still got some of the first one left, so we can compare them. But yes. Uh, a little bit paler. Don't get too much on the nose, do you? Oh, you know what? That chocolatey nose? I think that might be my fingers because I had a, a piece of Kit Kat on the way in. Well, see, I I got a little bit of chocolate in there, too. But I, I will say that I thought the lemon was more prominent. Yeah, I'm, I'm still chocolate. getting chocolate on there even when I'm not smelling okay. my fingers. Right, yeah. yeah I'm I, think, it. I think it was there. So uh, I've just gotten right. started. So let's talk about B. Have you uh, tasted this yet? Beer number B. It's a little thin. Yeah, but this one tastes like an Oktoberfest more so than the first one did. It is a little bit thin, but I will say it's got the that fall spice mm -hmm. vibe to it that I think of when I think of it. It does. It almost has a um pumpkin spice without the pumpkin. Right. That's what I'm talking about. A little bit of that, you know, cinnamon and and whatever the other spices are that go into pumpkin pie. I've never made a pumpkin pie, so I don't know. <laughs> Have you made a pumpkin pie? Yeah, it comes from a can. Oh, well, no, yeah, no, that's, that's that. a joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, honestly, the pumpkin in the can is so good, you might as well make it with the pumpkin from a can. Yeah. <laughs> because that that scraping out the pumpkin and getting rid of the seat, that's This uh, reminds me of That's um, a lot of work. This is a lot like the um uh, uh, was it Shipyard Pumpkin Ale? 
that oh, yeah. was one... more like the crust of the pumpkin. Right. And it had like the headless horseman with the pumpkin for yeah, a head. Yeah, yeah. So it, it had yeah. more of the crust on it, except for this has a little less of the crust, but it has that kind of spice that that had. I just want to mention Terry, our uh, our engineer, has he's been with us long enough that he's really learned all of our smoking and toasting things. Yes. Like he's he's basically hiding these as he's pouring them by doing it with his back to us, right? Yes. But I just saw him really quickly turn around so he could open the beer on the mic. I love it. Which is uh, Well, because because these sound effects, we, we big, don't go cheap on the sound effects. If you hear a beer open, it's because we're actually sacrificing a beer for yeah, that sound effect. Yeah. Big props to Terry. Uh, I like this. You are right that the that it's a little thin mouthfeel wise, but that could be okay for an, an Oktoberfest doesn't that's a, again, necessarily have I, to be big. We certainly haven't hit anything that's not drinkable, that's mm -hmm, for sure. Mhm. Mm All right, so I'm going to just make a little note here. Uh Okay, and here we go with beer C. Beer C. Beer number C. You got to come you, up with Terry. more interesting names. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> this we'll one know has. The, we'll know the names in a moment. Yeah. This one has a bigger nose. So do I, by the way. Bigger than it used to be. I think it's from drinking. <laughs> <It's just> <laughs> <laughs> little gin blossoms going on mm -hmm. there. <laughs> oh, this I remember. I remember I worked with a guy once who. This one has a very German, like this one tastes like the Eyinger. Oh yeah, it does. Uh, uh -huh. uh, Oktoberfest. It really has a more German kind of mm -hmm. thing going on, uh, and I'm uh, gonna guess that that's Eyinger. Uh, I don't even know what what how, beers you brought. Yeah. If you didn't bring Eyinger, you could let me know. Uh, I'll I'll keep that a secret. <laughs> um, I, I I like this one. I don't know that it's like. It's really hard because I like these first three about the same. Kind of, I kind of run into this, but I kind of like the traditional Germany Germanness yes. of this. Yes, this comes across like a beer you would either find in Germany or Belgium, or that is based very much on that style. Yeah, I mean, I suppose like if it's going to be that German, it could also be uh, Klaus. Right. Which is right up Klaus, north. They, they, have some, makes a, they have some great. Uh, everything they make is very German style. You walk in there and ask for an IPA, they're going to look at you a little funny. <laughs> Which I kind of appreciate. Not because I, I hate on the IPAs, I know, but because I, I think that's actually kind of cool that there's a well, brewery out there that it's, doesn't. It's nice that they do what they love and feel like they know the best. You know? That's true. Yeah, I think that's a very cool idea. That's true. All right. Here comes beer number D. Uh, I've liked all three of these. It's hard for me almost to pick a favorite. This one. This one looks much darker, much less uh, yellow, much more a uh, sort of an amber orange. I can't smell my beer. I keep belching. It, it also has, <laughs> it also has a little more, um, a little more head, a little more foam than the others did. Uh, this one has very little on the nose. Very little on the nose. With a lot of foam. Mmm, it's creamy. It is. I like it. Mm. Well, okay. It has a very interesting finish. I'm trying to put my finger on what it is. It's a, um, maybe like a, a baking spice finish. Mm. It's 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 got a creaminess overall to it's it. It's very really interesting compared to the others. Yeah, and there's a little more carb to this, which lends it a little bit of spicier feel. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's that much spicier. Correct, I agree. There's with also that. a very German kind of bitter to this as well, um, but a very dry kind of bitter to it. That's that's quite interesting. 
All right. Well, I've already ranked mine. You want to give yours a shot? I'm already good to go. Okay. Um, so beers A, B, C, and D for our first segment. And uh, let's just find out what you uh, what you thought was your favorite and, and on down the line. All right. So I'm going um, exactly backwards, actually. Uh, my favorite was probably the last one that we had. Mm -hmm. uh, very German-tasting, a little more um, carbonation, which uh, I usually like less carbonated overall, but that kind of worked with this beer. Agreed. Um, the one before that, the one I think is Iinger, very, very German-flavored. Uh, um, and I'm going to stick by that Iinger Oktoberfest thing because, I have, like I said, I have no idea what you bought. Uh, <laughs> then then B, uh, B and A are kind of at the same place with me. They're both kind of good in their own way. Uh, B, remember, had a, kind of that pumpkin spice kind of flavor to mm -hmm. it. And A had a little touch of chocolate to the nose uh, and, and then the flavor as well, which is very, very good. They're all pretty good, but I'm going to put D as my uh, number one pick on that. So you would be DCBA. DCBA. And that is exactly how I ranked them. DCBA. I know. Uh, I looked you at like your chart and, them and to you. copied well, the answers. You know, uh, <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> Ian copied my test. He copied, that's right. Yeah. Ian copied my test. Hey, listen. Terry didn't even catch me. Hey, listen. I, I used, call that a win. I used to have to pay people when I did that in college. So <laughs> you can pony up here. Maybe yeah. maybe the rest of your bottle of Colonel E.H. Taylor. Uh, so let's start. Since he and I ranked these exactly the same, let's start with A. What was A? All right. A was Paradigm. Paradigm. Paradigm now this, and this is a brand new one. I've not had this before, and I'll hold this up for the camera. Uh, Paradigm uh, has some really good beers. They particularly have good never, lighter beers like their uh, Amber their Ale, and, uh, and some of those are really, yeah. really good. Just Paradigm uh, Oktoberfest. Yeah, I liked it. I like uh, the orangey even though, leaf on there. A traditional German lager that is brewed specifically with the greatest beer uh, for the beer. <sighs> Oktoberfest, rich and I'm going character. back and tasting it now. Notes of toasted bread, honey, biscuit and, uh, on the nose and tongue. Hmm. The late hop edition of Noble Hops brings out a floral spiciness and mild bitterness. Nothing says chocolate. No, but I do uh, get the hop bitter. Yeah. Now that now that you read that and I go back and taste it again. No, it's fine. Yeah. That's so, a good beer. Yeah, I would, I, I, if I bought a six-pack of this, I'd be fine with it. Yeah, I liked it a lot, even though Paradigm I ranked it in four Tomball, out of Texas, four. Texas, so north of us. Yep, so very good. And I will say, by the way, just because of what was available when I went shopping, a lot of these are Texas beers. Oh. Uh, not all of them, but a lot of them are Texas beers. So it'll be interesting to see. So that means for those of you outside of Texas, you just have to go draw your own conclusions and yeah. come up with your own but, blind taste but test. There'll be, there'll be some of this uh, stuff that you can get there, I promise. Uh, so Paradigm was, uh, was beer A. Okay. And what is uh, beer B? No label. No label. No label. Feast How do you say that? Festover? Feast over? Uh, Feist beer. Feist beer. Feist beer. Yeah. Feist beer. Feist beer 2023. So I think I think no label does their uh, uh, their Feist beer, their Oktoberfest, uh, different every year. I think it's a different uh, I think you're right. uh, brew. Yeah, I, I like, love yeah. this label. St. The, Arnold, the pretzels for example, and the, uh, stays the same. Brats and the hops. Yeah, I do too. And and the whole... Uh, and the beer. Uh, the whole, their uh, labels, though. Like, no label... The labels are always amazing. Yeah, for <laughs> label. for a company called No Label, yeah. they have some of the best labels <laughs> in uh, in the entire industry. So I'm going back and retasting this. I picked this three out of four. Uh, it was a little bit lighter, but it's quite tasty. I will yeah. say it's quite tasty. I like yeah. it. All right, so Again, No Label. I, I think it's hard to go wrong because these are both all, all four of these. I think were nice beers. Yeah, I agree, and that's that's good because sometimes in these blind taste tests. 
we'll have like one of the four that's just like what is the that? clear dog yeah. of the group, and none of these, uh, none of these were that way. We're so bad. that's A and B, and now for C. This was the one that was a little more traditional German. Black, pl- black pew, Kingsbrow. Uh, oh, back pew. Back pew. Yeah, back pew. they're Kingsbrow. Another Kingsbrow. another spiced beer, and you could tell. Yeah, you could tell they. Were, you'll see from the can that it even looks like this mm. is the one you thought. Um, this is, this one reminded me a lot of Einger. Mm-hmm. And even the packaging looks like Einger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is very like German kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, very very much, but good beer. Like it. We need to really think about going and doing I need to get in touch with them, see if they want to come on the show. For sure. And we need to think about doing next October, maybe doing the show in Germany for Oktoberfest. That sounds good to me. Yeah, that would be I'm all over that. That would be a lot of fun. Anybody want to sponsor our Germany trip show? Uh, uh, yes, yeah, so just yeah, reach right. out to us. Yeah, uh, you can S- you can come along. All you have to do is buy our airline ST tickets. At RFC and you'll Media. be our sponsor. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. St <laughs> at rfcmedia.com. Uh, so that's the Kingsbrow Feist beer. That was the one that uh, I think both Ian and I picked number two. It was mm-hmm. beer C, and it's from Back Pew, which is another Houston area brewery. So good job, Back Pew. Very German, very yep. authentic. So beer number D was a little more creamy. It was the one Ian and I both picked as our favorite of the group. Odell Brewing Oktoberfest yeah. Marzen style lager. Uh, now that uh, that was a re- I mean these Odell were all makes, good but boy Odell these Odell guys Odell makes great beers man 90 shillings come on yeah uh brewed with traditional um uh Munich malts and herbal sorry I have a hard time reading super small prints herbal noble hops I think it says uh herbal noble hops our Oktoberfest uh, is a celebration of autumn in Colorado <laughs> So yeah, so a, a Fort Collins, Colorado, Adele. three Texas beers into Colorado in that. So they that have was, a very unique style that all their cans have. Their, uh, their yeah, the, their art is, their yeah, art is similar and easy all of to pick cans. out. Yeah, that that ninety shilling is great, and they have a, a series of IPAs, some of which are seasonal. That I always try to get the lupine uh, ones. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, well, and they also have. Uh, they'll also release things that are just like summer beers that are yeah, uh, like a yeah. summer IPA and stuff. But I always try to uh, pick their beers up because I really like what they do. Yeah. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, you'll have, somebody will have to fact check me on this. But I believe Odell is employee owned, which is a really cool. Oh thing. yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So this but is yeah, Oktoberfest. Great, great beers. Mars and Style Lager. But I will just say. All four of these were totally these worth buying. Yeah, these totally worth good. buying. So, uh, so that was uh, that was pretty fantastic. All right. So, interestingly enough, Ian, you and I don't normally completely agree on these, but on the first batch, <laughs> on the first batch, we both picked them exactly in the same order. So that's going to be interesting to. They uh, are employee owned. It looks like uh, they, Odell, they, okay, Odell is. Yeah, it was started by him and his wife Wynn, and the most people the the uh, company stock has been sold to their executive team. That's really cool. Nice. Yeah. It's employee owned. I love that. Yeah. Uh, I think it's uh, not something everybody can pull off. Yeah. But when you can, I think it's just a wonderful thing to do. And boy, you talk about uh, making for loyal employees, right? Yeah. Because you know? yeah. they own a piece of this. They're talking uh, about being invested in the company. Yeah. They're uh, they're going to want to keep the quality mm-hmm. uh, at a top level, and it makes sense. All right. So that was fun. That was our first time through. We'll be doing more of this uh, coming up in the show, and we have a few more things to talk about, including some cigars to watch for that I'm going to tell you about next. It's Smoking and Toasting, show number 344. Welcome to October in September. In September. We'll be right back. It's like Christmas in July.
the horns. See what I say about the horns, yeah. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We're doing the Oktoberfest blind taste test today. You know what I love about the blind taste test? Is that in the segments where we're not doing the blind tasting, I always have a little bit left over from the blind tasting (laughs) segment that I can just kind of like, "Mm, very good. Uh, I want to tell you about some cigars to watch for, and we'll be getting to our next uh, tasting segment coming up uh, in the next uh, next break. But uh, some cigars to watch for that I think you may find interesting. Fans of the movie Ford versus Ferrari uh, Mm. may love this one. The newest CAO Flathead from General Cigar, in keeping with the brand's automotive theme. The CAO Flathead V23 MK1 660. There's a tongue twister. It's a tribute to the GT40 series, Ford's classic American race cars that became famous by dominating at the 24 Hours of Le Mans car race, winning in 1966 through 1969. The 1966 race in particular, when a Ford GT40 uh, broke Ferrari's era of dominance, made that car a legend. So that's what this that was cigar a good is, movie too. is named after. Yeah, Anything with... You know Matt Damon and uh, 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 what's his name the uh, the guy that played Batman uh, Ben know? Affleck <laughs> no 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 the no no the one that was in American on Psycho Christian Bale Christian Bale Christian thank Bale, you yes. <laughs> yeah there's there's been too many Batman yeah, that's is. the problem <laughs> and don't get me started on Robert Pattinson he should not be Batman but that's a whole <laughs> no. that would be a whole How do you really segment. feel that would be a whole segment. Mm. That would be a whole segment. I don't have a problem with him. He just made a terrible Batman. That's all. <laughs> Michael Keaton. I'm all about Michael Keaton. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure that Mr. Mom could pull it off, but he when did. he did, he oh, did. He was the best. Anyway, the uh, the new cigar uh, is uh, named after this legendary Ford uh, uh, car line, and it uh, should be available at retailers now. It's a 6 by 60 and it's made with a signature blocky box press and the square right. head you know yeah. that that whole series is known for honduran wrapper nicaraguan binder and filler from honduras and nicaragua uh like most uh, cao cigars it's produced in nicaragua at the stg esteli uh factory it's a 13.99 cigar so 14 dollars, and it comes packaged in a gt inspired 20 count box lined with material made to resemble uh a tufted leather seats i love this uh the colors are a nod to the car's full gulf oil blue and orange paint jobs. Nice. Yeah. And excited about this one. In fact, it works great with what we're taste testing today. This year's edition of Casada Cigars Oktoberfest that is released annually in honor of the popular German drinking holiday has begun shipping from the Dominican Republic. They should be be, uh, hitting cigar stores uh, about now. Uh, It's intended to be uh, paired with German Marzen-style beers, much like Mm. what we're tasting today. And the cigars are rolled with a dark Mexican San Andreas cover leaf and Dominican binder and filler. It comes in three sizes and ranges in price $10.50, $11.00. And eleven eighty for the three sizes. Production though is limited to just five hundred boxes of each size. This is always a short run, limited edition right. uh, cigar, uh, and each box contains uh, ten cigars. Then there's also a fourth size called Salomon Press, uh, which you only get at Casada hosted events. So oh. if you see one of those, go and grab you one of these because this is going to be a pretty rare go. one. Uh, it is an unusually shaped head and foot that bulges outward. You, you know what a Solomon mm-hmm. is. Uh, and a slender uh, middle section that's also flatly pressed. So it looks kind of like a barbell. 
you know, nice. in shape. Uh, events are yet to be announced, but they will be running through this month and next. Casada Oktoberfest is made in the Dominican Republic. And for the first time in more than three years, there's a new Onyx coming to market. Uh, just as summer is transitioning to fall, the new Onyx Vintage Nicaragua will be shipping to retailers on the 25th of this month, according to uh, Altadas USA, the brand wrapper. And it's made with a wrapper from a 2019 harvest. It's produced in Nicaragua using only Nicaraguan tobaccos. And apparently they couldn't find anybody to do it because they got some guy named A.J. Fernandez. Ah, so, dude, uh, I haven't even thought about yeah. Onyx for a while, yeah, man. It's a, Those it's are a, great. It's a follow-up to the Onyx Bold, which was released in 2020 and was also made by A.J. Uh, while the upcoming brand isn't as strong as Onyx Bold, is it, it is intended to be medium to full-bodied. Uh, so you might uh, you might take a look for these. They're going to retail look out. for 960 10 and 1075 of their respective uh, uh, prices and the brick house Ciento por Ciento uh, 2023 has uh, been shipping to cigars for a couple of weeks now that are members of the Tobacconist Association of America. The cigar is a six and a quarter by 54 Toro made of entirely Nicaraguan tobacco and they sell for about $11. It's made at the J.C. Newman factory in Esteli. They're very special, J.C. Newman says, because we roll them with 100% Nicaraguan tobacco. Ciento por ciento means 100% in Spanish. Uh, so, or uh, ciento for ciento, I think is what it actually means. Uh, anyway, they're the only cigars they roll with entirely Nicaraguan tobacco nice. for J.C. Newman. So those are all some things you might watch for. We like to keep you up with uh, up to speed with what might be new at your cigar What's retailer. What's happening now? And uh, now we're going to keep you up to speed with four more Oktoberfest beers, which we will blind taste test next on Smoking and Toast. Welcome back at Smoking and Toasting. Our program is craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. My name is Cruz. Ian Barry is my erstwhile co-host. And, uh, of course, we have Terry Michaels, uh, engineering on the wheels of steel. And Adam the Sky is our producer. We're doing a uh, blind taste test of Oktoberfest beers. We got a dozen of them, and we've only done four. So it's time to jump in. <laughs> we got some work and, to uh, do. Yeah, we got some work to do. <laughs> Come That's on. Right. That's right. So um, the first one has already been passed to us by Terry. Who this one looks, if you put this beer in front of me, I would say that looks like an Oktoberfest beer. It really right does. Yeah, you're 100% right about that. And, and uh, it smells like an Oktoberfest. Like, it is like, malty. I, I it all makes me think pretzel, like immediately, yeah, like right up front. It is not that it necessarily smells like a pretzel, but wonderful. it makes me this think is, I want This one. has got more nose than all the other ones. Agreed. So far. In, in the first batch, I agree. So this is beer A of segment uh, number two for our taste test, and uh, oh, it's robust. Okay, so I just wanted to say I liked all four of those first beers, but none of them knocked me out with their Oktoberfestness. This one tastes not only looks like an Oktoberfest, it tastes like an Oktoberfest, or at least what I think of when I think of Oktoberfest. Would you yeah, agree? No, this is this is very round and robust right up front. It's malty and sweet. It's got more maltiness to it probably than any of the ones in that first batch. Yeah, it is. Um, it's big, uh, and it's not, it doesn't have a big mouthfeel. It's just a big flavor. It's a mm -hmm. big, wonderful flavor. It also finishes sweeter than the rest. It finishes with that. Um, Kind of a dough, kind of like pretzel dough, kind of aftertaste, and a super tiny kiss of bitter. It totally makes me want a pretzel and maybe a bratwurst. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so uh, my wife went shopping at Aldi the other day, 
and they have these very traditional smaller package of very traditional bratwursts mm-hmm. and she made a german potato salad and holy cow it mm. was good okay so not as much on the nose on beer b mm-hmm. a little not as much beer smells just like my mustache <laughs> <laughs> Now, this one's nice, too. Yes, in a much different way, but it is nice. This has a brighter kind of texture. Brighter, and it it finishes a little cleaner. Not as big uh, of a malt presence, but it's got a a great finish to it. There's a... The the uh, the retro hail on this has a very pretzel-y... Very yeasty. Pretzel doughy kind of yeasty thing, too. Uh, I like it. Um, it's sweet. I'm Not quite of, as big as the other one. Kind of digging it though. All right, next. That downtime that you hear is us anticipating. So our next yeah, beer. Uh, that's what it was. Actually, I I was checking my phone for a minute and uh, uh, because it looked like something was going on, and when I entered the code, it started calling you. So, oh. <laughs> so, so if, if I you see a phone, call. a phone call from me, you know what that is. So, all right, really like the you calling, making sure you like that beer real quick. Yeah, <laughs> how do you feel about this beer, Ian? Let me know. This this one has a little bit of nose to it as well. It has a little yes. bit of a. It's got definitely more foam. Right. There's a little hoppier nose to this than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. It's um oh oh. I like oh. this one. This is really different. This one is big and round and sweet and oh it's got a hoppy is it hops then what am i getting in there it's not malt there's a hoppy note to it that you didn't get on any of oh my goodness this is sweet and delicious it is the it is much more different from the from the rest of the group than anything we've had so far this is definitely its own thing um but it's good i like this a lot this is uh this, it, there's almost a candy kind of, um, I would, almost a caramely kind of candy that's thing. Me since it's <laughs> since it's Oktoberfest, I I feel like, and you said it's its own thing. All I can think of is David S. Pumpkins that uh, Tom Hanks sings. Yeah. I'm my own thing. Yeah, that's yeah. What <laughs> I'll tell you, I think any of these three that we just tried, had they been in the first segment, probably would have been my favorite of that segment. So yes. what I'm saying is I think I like all three of these so far better than anything I liked in the I, first half. I'm curious, too. I'm going to go back a little bit. Although there hasn't been anything I haven't liked. That's what's interesting. No, there have been no duds. You know, uh, that being said, and I'm going back just to see if maybe my palate has kind of adjusted. But I'm tasting kind of the same things. Yeah. That was, uh, oh, that was my band texting me telling me that uh, we're still on the top 100 list. Well, good for you, man. That's awesome. I'm pretty happy. Mm-hmm. What's the name of the song? If a song in the band, if people want to go and stream uh, it's, it, uh, so my band is um, is Willow Creek Junction, and the song is NECA Nowhere. And this is like a Texas country type Texas of thing because NECA Doches, NECA Doches, yes, is often referred to as NECA Nowhere. Yeah, if you, so, whoever driven there, you would know why. To yeah. go to my uh, grandparents, even if Austin is is located there, as Stephen a kid, that University. was the place. It was halfway between my grandparents' house and my parents' house, mm-hmm. so they would drive, and we would meet in NECA Doches, and either go to the Dairy Queen or the little picnic area and that's, that's i went to when <laughs> I, was, I would go with them when i was in Huntsville, that's 
that's how big it is. It has yeah. the Dairy Queen or the, or picnic, the picnic area, area and that's it. <laughs> when I was in uh, high school, I went to a summer photography camp at Stephen F. Austin. Oh, oh, yeah. So yeah. I have experienced neck of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had friends who went to school up there, so I went up to a couple uh, college parties, and I also had a buddy whose parents moved up there, so we've spent a little bit of time. So I'm just going to say this fourth beer, or beer D, I should say, of this segment, uh, has a very interesting nose. Some of these have had very, you know, very muted, uh, not too much on the nose. This one's very interesting. On this the one, uh, the nose on this uh, smells a little more um, like uh, natural, like barley, like natural barley. Oh, yeah. Not, this does have some barley. Uh, not like a roasted. It. It's a very natural kind of barley kind of mm. uh, nose. It's it's very, um, very nice. It's very round. But I, I got to say, I got my favorite already. All right, so I guess it's time for the reveal, Terry, if you want to let right. us know. Uh, well, Ian, first, uh, first of all, before he does the reveal, let's let's rank them. All right, I got it. All right, why don't you go ahead and start for me? Um, so C is my number one. Okay. A is next. That was the first one. Mm -hmm. And then B and then D. Okay, so you said C, A, A B, D, D. Uh, and that's ranking from one to four, correct? Yes. All right, so my ranking is a little different on this one, but not usually. That's because you're wrong. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, well, go well, ahead. Thanks for, thanks for <laughs> serving that up initially. So so everybody, I'm going to tell you my numbers, but please disregard because Ian says <laughs> they're wrong. wrong. <laughs> they're yeah. wrong. Uh, my favorite was actually B. Was it? I thought B, B was, was good. just really good. Uh, my second favorite, number two, was C, which was the most unique one. And I think that was your number one, yes. right? Uh, and then I said A was third, and uh, D was fourth. So we had some similarities. So our D uh, was the same. Yeah, D was the – and D was good. I, fact, I think it's hard to do this because they're all really pretty good. Like, they're right. all very good drinkable beers. So it like where do you where do you go with that? But, but this, is, I would just this say, is what I'm getting in this round. I would just say that I think at least my top three out of this would have probably beaten any beer in uh, the first segment if it had been in the first segment. Uh, and I'm just randomly grabbing them out. Oh of yeah, the bag. no, like, I, it's yeah, just exactly. yeah, just yeah. randomly grabbing them. Yeah. All right, well, let's see what you randomly grabbed. Let's start with beer A, which I ranked third, and you ranked second. Second, what was beer A? Von Wolfhausen. Oh, from Eureka and Heights. I like the little pretzel guy. Yeah. So, so <laughs> this fun. one interestingly does not say Oktoberfest on it anywhere. It no, is, it is a, a little Feist pretzel dude on it. It Feist is beer, a Feist yes. beer. Yeah. yeah. Feist beer is the best beer. It says, <laughs> and they've got little pretzel man. On the front and they of that. always have some kind of corny saying. Yeah. So I love crisp Eureka and easy Heights. to drink, so you can eat way more pretzels. Pair is great with a little sausage. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> so make sure we show that to the camera. Oh, yes. Yes. Good, Good. little pretzel German looking dude with the yeah, Lederhosen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like him. He's my favorite. Anytime Lederhosen is involved, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know you got something special going on. That's right. All right. So that's beer A. Beer B, I ranked it number one. I think you ranked it number two. I ranked it number three. Number three. So I said one, Ian said three. What is beer number one? Real Ale. Oh, I'm Real sorry. Ale. Uh, beer, beer number B. Real Ale Brewing Company, Oktoberfest. Okay, so Real Ale is located up in the Texas Hill Country, I think Blanco, Texas. Yeah. And uh, that's Ale, their Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest. Um, not much information on the can other than this cool looking. Oktoberfest logo. Oktoberfest and the, is that logo. a lion? Yep. An Oktoberfest lion? Yes, the lion. And then he's got a shield, but the shield has a little Texas in it. 
Well, okay. And it says Prost. I'm not sure why a lion is Oktoberfesty, but I'll take it. It's a good beer. It's a German lion. Yeah. All right. So A was uh, Eureka Heights. Now, the next one has an interesting thing because y'all had a lot to say about this next one. And the interesting thing, the one thing that is different that one of these things is not like the other, it's different than all the other ones, is that this is the one that's in the bottle. Oh, very interesting. The one that's in the bottle. Is that the Yingling? It It is the Yingling Yingling Oktoberfest. And that's so interesting because you picked that number one. I picked it number two. I didn't even have to look at the bottle to spell Yingling. But it it was close. (laughs) So you know. Just, just so you know, it was close for me. That, that almost got number so one. So I saw this and didn't buy it the other day, and not because I uh, didn't want to, but just because I was already like on my way to the out the door. But um, I was threatening to pick it up, and I'm definitely going to pick some up now. Wow, it's good. So it's the one that was so unique out of the yeah. out of the four. I thought. Yeah. Um, I almost picked it number one, but in the end, I went with the uh, real ale. But Ian picked it as number one. We both really, really yeah, liked I it. Yeah, I found it interesting. That was the one that y'all had a lot to say. Well, on the nice that thing one. for everybody yeah. around too is uh, uh, this is one you can definitely get. I'm sure across the country. Yes, absolutely. Sure. You can get that. Well, yeah, I mean, any Yingling. place that has Yingling, I know it's available in most states most now, if not states, all. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that. Says, Definitely says everywhere good. east of uh, east of Texas. Isn't this interesting though? That Ian, at least for your picks, and we'll have to see what uh, Beard D is. But for your picks, you've picked the non-Texas beer as your number one in both how, of these first. How two funny segments. is that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that means because we've given you plenty of Texas beers to try. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and Beard D, uh, it's eleven below brewing. Oktoberfest. All right, so 11 Below, another one from our uh, city here. Okay, so here's a funny thing about this 11 Below. Mm -hmm. This was, I think, my 100% favorite last year. Oh, when last year's taste test. Yes, this was my 100% favorite Interesting. And I... Like, end of the day favorite. I picked it as number four. Did you? Same here. That's so interesting. So what would be interesting to know is if this is the exact same... Beer as last year, as last year, or if there's yeah. difference, or if they change the recipe, yeah, or if there's maybe they couldn't get the same something and and had to adapt a little bit. Right, I don't know. I, it's I mean, not it could bad, also be, by the way. I no, enjoyed it. All of these are great. Uh, like even even that one, uh, which I picked last, and this it was fantastic. So it's it's hard to go. Okay, yeah, I just took another drink of it. It's really good. Like, uh, sorry, sorry that last I liked one. the other three better. <laughs> uh, as I feel almost uh, guilty about it. Because it is really good. Man, that Yingling one is real good, though. Yeah, I'm going to go back to that again. (laughs) So interesting that that came out as such a are you Are you writing down your favorites on this? I'm, I'm just, well, I mean, I'm just keeping them down. I'm just keeping tab of them all. He knows what they are. I know what they are in each one. So So what did you think of the Yingling? I thought the Yingling was good. I mean, I I like it. I mean, these are all really, uh, there's really nothing bad in we here, have, we, which is no, great. No, we haven't had a dud yet. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard to go wrong with any of these. Yeah. And, and if you think about the last couple of blind taste tests that we've done, one of which was... Uh, Bottom shelf, uh, bottom shelf spirits. Bottom shelf bourbon, yeah. yeah. Bottom shelf bourbon, yeah. There were definitely some duds in there. Oh yeah, <laughs> old crow did not hold up well. No, it did not. <laughs> no. There were some good ones though. In in fairness, oh no. And you know what's funny is when we did our blind bourbon, our bottom barrel blind bourbon, bottom taste shelf test, bourbon blind taste test. Um, everybody caught which one was old granddad. Like everybody knew immediately. Yeah. 
And it was good. And it was good. <laughs> it was really good. It's not even the bonded one, just straight up old granddad. <laughs> All right. We have more of this taste testing to do. We have drinking news coming up, and we have some more things to tell you about that I think you will find interesting. Our show is smoking and toasted, and coming up in the next segment, we'll be tasting some bottled and bond whiskey. This is the Colonel E.H. Taylor small batch from Ian's collection. We'll see how much is left in the bottle when we come back. <laughs> Welcome back at Smoking and Toasting, all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. It's uh, show number 344, and we are doing Oktoberfest blind taste test, but we're going to pause that for a moment and taste a whiskey from Ian's own personal collection, which sounds really good. Now, you may remember that often when I bring uh, a bottle of spirits in, uh, I will clear the uh, plastic uh, from around the top of the bottle to uh, ensure there's no plastic cuts. OSHA regulations. OSHA regulations. And I will often, uh, you know, clear the neck of the bottle so that there is no, you know, chance of spillage or, or it lessens the chance of spillage. Yeah, it lessens the chance. In the case of this bottle from Ian's Bar, he's basically cleared the, the top three quarters of the bottle. Uh, super well, safe. So here's the thing. Like, I know that you go through the pains of making sure that the neck of the bottle is cleared. Mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure that I went above and beyond. You're an above and beyond kind of guy. Um, and and made sure that you would have, you know, plenty of room for the, the whiskey to breathe. Mm -hmm. You know, and um <clears throat> and so we're left with that's um just like before I poured for us, we had a quarter of a bottle, right? Yeah, that's a quarter of a bottle. Well, Ian, I, I just this is a very interesting whiskey because, as you pointed out earlier in the show, uh, it sells for about forty four dollars unless or you can't find it two hundred and forty four dollars yeah, exactly on the secondary market. And there's a number of these, you know, uh, different spirits, particularly whiskeys, that wind up like that. There are just only so many of them out there. Uh, they get apportioned in small batches to different stores. Allocated. Sorry. Allocated. Thank you. Uh, so you went into a shop where they had this, and you managed to get it at the retail well, price. Well, I was standing there. I was standing there in the aisle, and uh, the guy next to me was talking with the employee, and the employee was telling him, hey, we got Weller in if you're interested. Weller's been a little hard to find lately. It's uh, it's great whiskey. It's a little hard to find because people have caught on to that. Um, and um, and uh, so I said, hey, uh, what size Weller do you have? He goes, oh, we got the uh, 750s. I said, I'll take one of those. And then I turned and looked at the guy he was talking to, and we chatted for a moment. And by the time the employee got back, uh, I had realized that the guy I was chatting with was not only waiting on his bottle of Weller, but had a bottle of E.H. Taylor small batch in his hand. And I said, I looked at the employee. I said, "Do you have one of those left back there?" And he gave me that look, like uh, that. I don't know you, but I have to say yes. Yeah, because I was planning on taking that bottle home myself, but <laughs> now I'm going to have it. to sell it to you. And I felt like I just won the lottery for a moment. I walk up to the counter, and it's forty three dollars or forty, yeah, awesome. like forty three dollars. And here's the thing: this is amazing whiskey. All right, so it's small batch, bottled in bond, E. H. Taylor, and. Well, the nose yeah. is fantastic. It does all of that. Like it's it's one of those that it a deserves to be on secondary at a high price, uh, but b I'm not one of those guys that does that. The bubble gum in there is so oh, present, totally. And I know we have B roll of this, but I'll just show it to the camera anyway. It's so good. Uh, uh, it really is. The bubble gum, and that seems like it wouldn't be a positive thing 
for a whiskey, mm. but it really is. It just makes it kind of oh, it's so sweet good. and, and it's, fruity. This is this is bottled at 100 proof. This is the small batch. Um, it's bottled at 100 proof, and it's absolutely fantastic. It's it's, it's for 100 proof. It goes down very easy. It's incredibly smooth, mm -hmm. yeah, and that's I think that's a large part of why this particular whiskey gets its reputation. Its reputation is deserved. Mm. Um, and I uh, I'm not one that's going to go out and buy. First off, I, I, the secondary market is. I mean, it's it's a little tough. I don't want to buy stuff on secondary. How long ago did you find this? About a month. Oh, month that recently? Yeah, really? yeah, this is about a month, month and a half wow. ago. Wow. Well, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not, you know, like, I'm not buying this bottle to resell it. I'm buying it to enjoy it. And you exactly. can't enjoy your whiskey if you don't actually drink it. Right. right. It's, it's one of the things about cigars and spirits and craft beer. You really can't enjoy them unless you smoke them so and drink them. If you happen across a bottle of E.H. Taylor, um, and and you get it at actual MSRP, then buy it 100. It's yeah. so good. It's fantastic. It is you know really and, beautifully crafted. And put it on your shelf. You get bragging rights for having it on your shelf. Wonderful, wonderful flavors. I love it. Thank you for bringing this in and sharing it. It's so so good. It's a wonderful thing. All right, our final uh, segment of uh, craft beer Oktoberfest blind taste testing is happening next. Plus, drinking news. I'm just glad we have the E.H. Taylor as a palate cleanser. It's wonderful. <laughs> Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. Our show's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And before we get into drinking news, I just want to mention, Ian, this E.H. Taylor small batch is just absolutely wonderful not only is that wonderful sort caramel of semi-sweet bubblegum but i was going to say yes cinnamon. there's also a caramel uh there's there's a little bit of a, a vanilla to it it's just a wonderful combination cinnamon of flavors aftertaste. yes for sure and uh, anyway i absolutely love it so thank you uh for bringing that in you you done good my friend you're welcome i appreciate that all right grab your ukulele my friend because it's time for drinking news. Oh, I was just prepping my chart for the. Uh, <laughs> for we'll the do that after drinking news. We got to get this out of the way first. So here we drinking go. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When asked about his absent arm, he said, "Uh, I had to take my gator to the vet." Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. And as we uh, tell you regularly on this program, uh, drinking news is uh, stories uh, that are sometimes, but not always, about drinking, but stories that are always best enjoyed if you've been drinking. And we're we have we're like eight beers uh, in, and we're gonna and, enjoy and and, this and story Taylor. So yeah, we're we're hoping this strikes you as funny as <laughs> this, much as it does this to us. Gonna be great. So as the uh, troubled poet and singer Jim Morrison once noted, people are strange. Here at Smoking and Toasting, we <coughs> pretty proudly embrace our strangeness and admit that there are certain things that we are kind of obsessed with. I'm obsessed with cigars blended by A.J. Fernandez. I'm obsessed with sci-fi, even bad sci-fi. <laughs> I'm obsessed asking servers at restaurants I go to, for example, to pass along my praise to the beverage manager if they provided a well-curated beer list, and my disappointment if they only seem to carry macro brews and Anheuser-Busch 
own products. But one thing I can tell you, honestly, is that I have never been obsessed with toilets. And I'm pretty sure you can say the same. People get obsessed with toilets? Yeah. Some people clearly are. I, I mean, mean, I've seen people that have like a cow theme in their house. Yeah. Like the bovine kind of obsession. Sure. Or like or like chickens. Chickens, yes. Mm-hmm. yes. I've voiced a commercial for like a, uh, like, I don't know, 2000 or $10,000 toilet or something one time. <laughs> so, yeah, it's um, out there. I, I know I had a, a roommate at one point in time, and we were in uh, Bloodbath and Beyond, and we walked by a... This is when they were open. Um, and we walked by a, 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 what do you call it, um, a, display a display that yeah. had a French Provence theme, and there was a welcome mat that had a giant cock on it. Oh. And we put that on our front doorstep. I love it. So um, I don't know. Like, it was just, you know, a statement. Sure. But but you're, what you're saying is you're not obsessed with toilets. <laughs> no. Well, some people... <laughs> Clearly are. Even presidents. Former President Donald Trump has spoken repeatedly about toilets when giving interviews. Some guy named Sterling that I think really likes that stuff. He somehow fixated on the process of flushing them and said in a recent interview, and I'm quoting here, people are flushing toilets 10 times, 15 times as opposed to once. Video of that exchange has been viewed online more than a million times. And although that might seem like a strange thing for a politician to be concerned with, there may well be some truth to his thinking. In fact, he's not the only one that seems to have difficulty with a single flush. Which brings us to today's drinking news story about five Florida women. Florida women. I think I started that on an A chord instead. Sorry about that. <laughs> you want to try it again? Five Florida women who were responsible when a wild brawl went down. Wild brawl. But apparently the toilet water didn't. Nope. <laughs> At a wing restaurant in Orlando oh. last week. <laughs> According to court records, police officers responded to a disturbance at Papa B's, the Wings Place, Ooh, in, in Longwood, Florida, about 15 miles north of Orlando. The Papa B's supervisor told officers that the women who were eating together at the restaurant complained of a clogged toilet in the ladies' room after one of them had used it. The supervisor had the commode unclogged and the restroom cleaned, but that was apparently not the end of the story. <laughs> she told officers that she kept an eye on the women's table seeing as they were the only patrons in the restaurant at the time. After a few minutes, another woman from the same table got up to use the restroom. When the customer exited, employees checked and found the toilet was clogged yet again. So what would you do in the supervisor's situation? She told police that she informed the five Florida women that someone in their party had damaged the loo and that they needed to pay their bill and leave. Not happy with being accused of clandestine commode clogging. <laughs> Nicely played, Thank sir. you. The patrons became irate. That was and, an above-average alliteration, thank by you. the way. It was, it was above average. I do, I do acknowledge that. But not happy with being accused of all that, the patrons became irate and began yelling at the supervisor, according to the charging affidavit. The argument then escalated, and one of the five women actually stood up and punched the supervisor what? right in the face. <laughs> 
I'll knock you out. And then. Florida woman. And then the remaining four Florida women joined in punching, kicking, and pulling oh. hair. How angry do you have to be about. Oh. Being accused of jacking up a toilet. Seeing what was happening, a waitress attempted to step into the melee, and one of the suspects responded by slapping her across the face. Other employees then stepped in to I try know and you didn't. break up the brawl. They told cops that after one of the suspects hit the second victim, that all hell broke loose. Oh, this is when all hell breaks loose? <laughs> With cups, salt and pepper shakers, and chairs flying across the room. Come on. You already plugged the toilet. Salt to the eyes is just way above and beyond. <laughs> because of course it did. That's a salt with a deadly weapon. <laughs> because Florida. The, the party of five, ranging in age from 8 to 26, Somebody's attempted breaking to escape. A chair over someone's yeah. back. I mean, come on. Well, they attempted to escape, but they were caught by cops, and the suspects told officers that they were just paying their tab when an employee approached them and was very rude and disrespectful, accusing them of intentionally clogging the toilet. One suspect said the waitress came at her first, but surveillance footage shows that that was not the case, according to the police report. All five were arrested and taken to the Johnny Polk Correctional Facility, charged with battery, disorderly conduct, and criminal mischief. I suppose criminal mischief is clogging the toilet. <laughs> I, I mean, why didn't they just hire Patrick Swayze? Does this restaurant need like help? They were released Railway after house. each posting Railway bond house. of one thousand and twenty-six dollars a piece. <laughs> now, while it's difficult to defend the Florida women's action here at Drinking News, we do understand the embarrassment of having people know that you clogged a toilet, right? I mean, being unable to flush what you've done at a wing restaurant is actually <laughs> its actually rather mortifying. But it might not be the most embarrassing place to have that happen. So as a public service, we've put together another ridiculous drinking news top five list to illustrate this point. Uh, so without further ado, I'm sorry, I meant to say without further ado, uh, here is the Drinking News top five list of places more embarrassing than the Papa Bee's wings to have people know that you clogged the toilet. Top Papa five list. Here we go, number five. The restaurant right next to the auditorium at your church. Uh, number four, your boss's house during the company Christmas party. Uh, number three, the doctor's office when you were only supposed to be providing a urine sample. <laughs> number two. Oops. Uh, <laughs> number Especially two. Especially when, when, it, when it's just adjacent to the waiting room. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sir, we only asked for a urine sample. <laughs> the fan's a little broken. Yeah. Uh, number two, a house or apartment you're being shown by a realtor. And the uh, the number one place more embarrassing than a Papa Bee's wings to have people know that you clogged the toilet. Number one, your wife or girlfriend's parents' house. Oh, and, my goodness. And yes on that one. I speak from experience. <laughs> uh, like the scene in Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. Reporting live from Florida, where this story may be true, but it still actually qualifies as a bunch of crap. <laughs> My name is Cruz, and that is your drinking news. Drinking news. That's our time for drinking news. 
Cheers, y'all. Cheers, y'all. I was savoring. I had to swallow. I was savoring that uh, uh, that E.H. Taylor. Mm, so good. It really is wonderful. All right, Ian. We gotta. Uh, we're already well into this segment, so we gotta move forward gotta with our with our craft beer uh, with our um, Oktoberfest craft beer blind taste test. So let's start with beer number A. It's good. It's creamy. Oh, it is good though. Yeah, it's creamy. It's got a very interesting finish to it. Hmm. All right, I'm gonna say I like it. I, you know, I think I think that I this. It's tough to do this taste test because I just I like the style of beer. Mm-hmm. And we haven't had a bad one yet. So you're kind of liking everything, is what mm-hmm. you're saying. All right. So uh, Terry, this is beer B, correct? Yes. All right. So let's move on to beer oh. B. B, bigger, very Bavarian tasting. Ooh, now see that's Oktoberfest to me. In terms of what I kind of expect an Oktoberfest to taste like, yeah. That tastes like what I expect. That's a very, a very, very like Bavarian. It's got a little sweetness on the end, just a kiss of bitter to uh, to not linger the sweetness too much. But it's also really round and malty up front. Just going uh, back to the here one, comes. which is awfully good. All right, this is beer C. Beer number Oktoberfest C. Oktoberfest C. I like the C is a number, like in Russian, the letter three. This is good. It's different. That one is nice. Oh, oh, wait. It gets even better. Yeah, the finish is great, isn't it? What is going on there? The finish has got like some spiciness to it. Some like that's got a little bit of an October spice, like a a pumpkin spice kind of thing going on in the end. Mm -hmm. It's also got a little bit of a pie crust kind of thing going on. Yes, for sure. Like a pumpkin pie crust, but it's not pumpkin-y. It's not pumpkin-y, it's but crust. it's got some of those kind of spicy kind of things, like that, that good crust that you, know, mm-hmm. you break off a little bit. You Boy, accidentally this is, break a little too much off and scoop that part in your plate, too. This is going to be a tough, tough category, a tough uh, one to rank. All right, Terry, whenever you're ready, we will take so beer number many D. beers. Listen, guys, we didn't have to drink all these beers, but we're doing it for you. Right. So, and and here's the good news: we haven't found one yet. We have one last beer to go. We haven't found one yet that we didn't like. I think by the end of today, one of the things we're going to realize is um, when you boil it all down, Oktoberfest good. Yeah, this last beer. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing wrong with Oktoberfest and beer. They right, seem exactly. to go together. Yeah. <laughs> this last beer is wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. Mm. That last beer is more pretzely than anything. See, I thought I already knew what was going to be my number one for this, and now beer number D has thrown me off. Ah, man, I'm having a tough one on this one. Um, I'm going to go ahead. And, you want me to go ahead and give mine away? Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and give mine away. D and B might be tied for top. Well, it's interesting because they're my one and two. Um. And I'm I'm just putting them. That's not necessarily in one order or the other. And then these are all very and then good. C and then A. Okay, I've got D, B, A, C. Abacab. <laughs> okay, you've got to be of a certain age to appreciate that joke. But yes, <laughs> hey guys, there's no jacket required. Yeah. <laughs> Because that's right when I went solo after that album. I think. That's right. 
<laughs> I had him sign that album one time, and when he did, it was I handed him a black sharpie, which is all black except for his face. So he, he signed right across his face. He didn't flinch. He knew he yeah. has a place on his jawline that he signs. <laughs> Boom! There you go. That's great. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, all right, Terry, tell us what we're dealing with here. All right, no, A number A is Urban South, Mars and Longer. Urban South. Urban South. Interesting. This is not one I've tried before. Uh, previous Urban South, years, so, so good though. Uh, so I can't quite reach the can. Can oh, you reach it? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, uh, there, there we, we go. go. Almost nice. knocked it over. Nice job. Uh, I'm gonna set the. Although it looks like we uh, cleared them out pretty well. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Pretty good. All right, uh, I like Urban South as a brewery a lot. They In do fact, so many different things. It's crazy. H They're over the top. Their HTX, uh, which is a hazy IPA, yeah, is one of my go-to beers. Like it's one that I buy again and again and again. It's really good. Uh, the next one is beer B. Uh, beer B is New Magnolia Beer Brewing. New Magnolia. There's a little left in there, so be careful. That's over in the Heights, right? Yes, it is. Yeah, we need to. Oh, we need to talk to them. Yeah, that's German style Mars and Lager coming in. All these are coming in right at six percent. Mm -hmm. In case you're wondering why we're talking like this. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you mean the flurring. <laughs> All right, uh, tell us what uh, C was. Spindle Tap Brewery. Spindle Tap, nicely done. And I don't think I've tried this one before. This is Spindle Tap Feist beer. Feist that beer. was uh, that was number C. And uh, Terry, what is number D? Which Ian and I C. both picked. Uh, St. Arnold, Arnold Brewery. I'm so not surprised because that's St. been one of my favorite Oktoberfests for years. Yeah, so good. Yeah. So good. So we both. And it's picked funny that as because one. last year I didn't pick that as my top. Interesting. But hmm. All right, this is going to be interesting. We will go through these. Pick our favorites and be back to bring you that list in our final segment. It's Smoking and Toasting. Thank you for being with us, and uh, we'll be right back. Welcome back. Our show's called Smoking and Toasting. We're all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. And I will admit, there are so many things we did not get to on this show, and uh, and that's okay because we'll get to them later. But um, we were quite it's like, busy. It's like going to Vegas. If you do everything the first time, you don't have anything to do next time. Oh <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I have plenty to do anytime I go to Vegas. <laughs> that's, that Vegas that's what Vegas time, is about. It? Yeah, I gotta tell you, I'm missing Vegas. I haven't been since uh, uh, since my 60th birthday, and that was too long ago. So. Uh, oh, wait, I just revealed I'm really old. Oh, man. Okay, well, what, what can we do? Uh, okay, so this is our final segment. We have tasted a dozen Oktoberfest beers in three different four beer segments. And now, Ian, what I will ask you to do is to rank your three, two, and one of the entire taste test. I got it, baby. Okay, so start with number three. Number three, uh, sweet and delicious, Yingling. Uh, Come yeah. on, man! That Yingling right there, uh, and I went back to it and tasted it. Like, holy cow! While mm. we were on the break, and it's you were, different. It's delicious. While we were on the break, and you ran to the restroom, I couldn't remember which of my cups was Yingling. I knew it was one of the ones in the front, so I tasted one, and then I tasted another. I was like, oh yeah, that's the Yingling. That's the Yingling. It was that that uh, distinctive. It's very distinctive. It's yeah. really really good. Like, it's yeah, well it is. done. Good delicious. job. Good job, Yingling. Um, number two. Um, the uh, new magnolia, really, man. The new magnolia, uh, it's that's so, so very Bavarian tasting. It's it's mm -hmm. it just literally tastes like that region. 
Yeah, it kind of does. I know what you're saying. It's big. It's round. It's beautiful. It's um, it's got a little bitter on it. It's so German, like it makes me want to speak in a little bit of an accent. Um, <laughs> Just say Lederhosen. Lederhosen. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I have a friend of mine that tried on Lederhosen recently. He's like, I'm never taking these off because I don't know how. <laughs> um. <laughs> That's awesome. I've never heard that before. That's great. <laughs> Absolutely great. What's your number one, Ian? Number one, St. Arnold. Wow. That I, so I, come on. St. Arnold today. Yeah, I've always been a fan, not only of St. Arnold as mm -hmm. a brewery, but I've always been a big fan of their Oktoberfest. I think it's one of the best beers they make. And uh, and it's just absolutely spectacular. So uh, let me give you my top three. Let's lay it on me, man. Number three. This is going to sound like you've heard this before. The Yangling. Yeah. It was just too good to not make my top three list. It's pretty damn good. I'm excited about it. I'm going to go buy more of it. This is something I'm going to enjoy while Oktoberfest is still available. Because you know, by September 25th, all Oktoberfest is gone. It's just, you know. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> you have to buy it early. You have to buy it early. Uh, in fact, uh, September 26th, you won't be able to find Oktoberfest, but all of the winter and Christmas beers will be out. And by Halloween, all you'll be able to buy is uh, spring beers. Spring beer. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's just the way it works. Um, so Yangling is my number three. My number two was Real Ale. The Real Ale was good. It was their Oktoberfest. It, they're out of uh, the Texas Hill Country. I thought that was just a damn good I went and by well the brewery recently. Well balanced nice. beer. Yeah. Well balanced beer. And my number one, St. Arnold Oktoberfest. And I'm not being a homer. So you only got one wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not being That's a homer awesome. though. I'm not being a homer when I do St. Arnold. It was literally no, it, yeah. my favorite tasting beer. I, of we the all when we tasted it, we reacted. And we did this completely blind, so it's so interesting mm -hmm. that that happened that way. And like I said last year, I was blown away because Eleven Below was the one that I picked as my top. Here's what has to be stated, though: there is not a single beer we tried today that I wouldn't buy and enjoy. Kudos to everyone. I, and and I don't think we've ever said that in a blind taste test. No, no, every single beer here was like very good at the very least uh, uh drinkable and enjoyable like every and, single beer here was so good and i'll just mention that and, I uh, think shout out to backview for being so incredibly german on their beer yeah, like i thought that was sure. I enjoyed. Uh, uh, absolutely and i'll just say that i think it says something about how far craft beer has come the fact that you can have all these different breweries brewing an oktoberfest which is not something they make year-round and it's this good from 12 different I breweries. Wish, I wish you could see the color difference on all of these <laughs> I beers, know. too. It's, like it's, they're it's all pretty so crazy. different. Uh, well, all I, all I have to say is we've been joking about you know how early Oktoberfest comes out and how early it goes away. But you do have some time to go and try these. And that's why we wanted to do the show in September while these beers are still available and while you can still find them. Odell was fantastic. Uh, Spindle Tap was great. There's so Urban South. Yeah. There's so much good beer in this whole taste test. And, uh, you know, uh, for those of you who are watching and listening to the show outside of Texas, I do apologize that today's taste testing was a, a little, little Texas, Texas centric. centric yeah. yeah, but that's that's the beers we can go find. try all your locals. Yeah. I bet you come Absolutely. up with a great blind taste and test. And by the way, if you find one that you think is outstanding, email us and let us know about it. Our uh, address uh, for emails is st at rfcmedia.com. We'd love to know ST. what. 
at rfcmedia.com. Yeah, we'd love to know what you in California or New York or uh, Louisiana Oregon. or Oregon or uh, uh, Michigan. Minot, we'd, North Dakota. We'd love to know what you guys think uh, is the best in your region because we we don't want to be homers. We want to enjoy as much different beer as we possibly can. That's right. Have a great week, my friends. Thank you, Ian. I appreciate you bringing in this awesome, awesome whiskey. That's great whiskey. And have a great week. Thank you, Terry. And uh, cheers, y'all. Cheers, y'all.